G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Now, if you are someone who loves exercise because it makes you feel good, you might appreciate our conversation today. Or if you've ever climbed a mountain or caught a wave surfing, or if you love supporting your favourite sporting team, you may have experienced a natural high. When we do moderate exercise, endorphin chemicals are released into the brain, producing a natural high of positive emotion that assists in the release of things like stress. Well, Christians are almost, as you will appreciate, universally anti-drugs, shunning the pursuits of chemical highs because the downside is personally destructive. We'd appreciate that psychotropic toxins are an artificial stimulant. Contrary to the biblical exhortation from 1 Corinthians chapter 6, that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God. You are not your own. You were bought with a price. So glorify God with your body. So a conversation today not about chemical highs, but about natural highs. Is there what we might call a natural high that comes from the activities of the Christian life? Well, so many Christians will be able to testify to the good feeling of surrender and abandon that comes in Christian worship. Others will be able to testify that in a quiet time, in the presence of God, there's a peace that comes that will say passes all understanding. And others will be able to tell of how they felt when they shared their faith with someone, maybe it was on the street or in a coffee shop, or when they led a friend to Christ. Well, Stu Miller is the founder of Train to Proclaim. He's also the Australian coordinator of Global Outreach Day that's now called Go Day. And in fact, May is Go Month. A special welcome back to you, Stu. Good to have you in 2020. Great to be here, Neil. Stu, let me just say right at the beginning of our conversation that neither you or I are qualified in neuroscience. Just Can you just confirm that for me <laughs> for a moment? Okay, okay. So some of the things we'll talk about today, some people will feel a bit uncomfortable about. Mm-hmm. Uh, others will say, you know what, they're talking about my experience. Mm-hmm. And uh, so if you call in today, you'll be welcome to. We'll be hearing people's uh, thoughts and uh, perhaps their own story, but a lot of things we will talk about will be anecdotal because uh, neither of you, uh, you or I, are medically trained in that way. But when we talk about having a natural high, uh, this is oftentimes the pursuit that people have, particularly people who love to exercise. Absolutely, and and we may not know all the technical, um, physiological uh, reasons why we have these highs, Neil, um, but we do know that it happens. So we may not be uh, neuroscientists. But we do know that this is an experience that people have and that you and I have both had as well in the Christian faith. So, And I'm sure many of the listeners can call in and, and uh, talk about their experiences. And I do want to open our talkback lines, and we can do that early. 1-800-316-316. You might have your own story to tell. 
You might have your own understanding of what it is to have a natural high. You might even have your own reasons why you might choose that natural high over the idea that some will pursue of having some sort of a chemical artificial high. Mm. And it's not a drugs conversation today, but this idea of a natural high, Stu, uh, mm. this, this comes to all of us in some sense because when people share their testimony of coming to Christ, oftentimes yes. they'll tell of the good feeling they had. Absolutely. And uh, we know that we walk by faith and not by sight. We know that we, we believe in the word of God and we live by obedience, not by feelings. You know, and we, we understand that. And certainly on this show, we're not, not trying to promote that we live our lives by feelings. Just whatever you feel is right, do it, you know. But we are trying to say, I guess, in this hour that, you know, following Christ has its benefits. <laughs> you do actually have these amazing natural highs when you do things like be obedient to the Great Commission and go out and share the gospel. Because when you come back from sharing Jesus with people, how do you feel? You feel yeah. like a million bucks. You feel like you've, you've you know, just been in the presence of God. You're like had a had a worship time, or you've, you, you know, you've, you've. Uh, it's just a great, great experience. And and I know as an evangelism trainer that it's a hard thing to do to motivate people to go and share the gospel. But when people actually do it, they come back so excited. Sometimes we are reluctant to talk about how you feel mm. while you're doing these things as part of your Christian walk. Mm. But there is a sense if you don't talk about these things, you take away a mm. whole dimension of our faith. And I, I, I can reflect on this as being like the wow factor. There is a wow factor mm. in being a Christian believer. And if you don't talk about the feelings part of it, uh, you can do away with a whole dimension. Absolutely. And I think, you know, there are some people who are just like, oh, I'm not into the feelings. And I, I understand that that uh, thing. But Jesus came to give us life and life to the fullest. And he is the one that's actually created our bodies. And these natural highs that we feel, we're supposed to feel. When you're doing good for someone, when you give a gift to someone, how do you feel? You feel terrific. You, you feel great. I feel a lot better when I give, give a gift than when I receive a gift. But that feeling that God has created and made in us uh, is a natural thing that he's put there that when we do the right thing, you feel like you've got life flowing through your veins. You've got that natural high. Uh, what about, though, uh, when people feel bad uh, in their Christian walk. There is uh, those times too. I mean, sometimes yep. uh, when people are going through issues of persecution uh, and there are challenging times we go through, even in our own family environments, not everybody agrees and there are times when things aren't altogether good. You don't always feel good along the way, but that doesn't discount the fact that there are times when you will feel good. Mm, absolutely, but I, I think... Um you know, I think that the feeling of not feeling so good is normally associated with sin and associated with the things that we do wrong. When we do wrong, we feel bad. When we do right, we feel great. <laughs> uh, but even persecution, even though the, it may be physical persecution or emotional persecution, whatever it is, uh, we know from the scriptures that the disciples experience great joy in persecution. In Matthew chapter 5, it says, Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you, for great is your reward in heaven. You know, So there's a, a fantastic... 
uh, precedent there with, you know, Paul and, and Silas in jail singing praises to God at midnight. You know, they're worshipping God and they're in chains. Um, and, you know, we don't have to actually experience, um, you know, when, we're, we, when we are being persecuted, feel bad, but we can rejoice that we're counted worthy to suffer the, for the name of Christ. I'm even, uh, I'm trying to think of the name of the guest I had on some years ago, and we were talking about this issue of persecution. And mm. this is someone who in Africa had gone through mm. uh, being tortured at the hands of his persecutors. And he even went through that torture process that you call uh, waterboarding. Uh, okay. That idea of, uh, mm. you know, you're put on a plank, uh, you're tipped up a little bit the wrong way, uh, you've got some uh, some material over your face and then pouring water on there and so the person being tortured has the f- sense of drowning. Well, just absolutely awful mm. if, you, uh, if you think about uh, what can happen in a persecution sense. Mm. But I asked this guest at the time, mm. how did you feel when you were being tortured for Christ? Mm. And his response was that he felt a certain sense of peace and security because of his faith in Christ. Now, mm. now I don't want anyone to go through anything like that, uh, but there is a certain sense here, Stu, that if we talk about the feelings that come because of your connection to God, uh, those can actually override even the dreadful circumstances we could go through. Absolutely. Uh, it reminds me of a, a, a previous trip to India um, when we met up with some uh, church leaders and they were rebuilding their church. And we asked, of course, the question, why are you rebuilding it? And they said, well, it was burnt down. And what had happened was they were in a very strong Hindu area where they started the church and there was people who got more and more annoyed that they were there as Christians and so uh, they got to a point where they rallied and, and got into a frenzy and came with sticks and stones and they they basically were stoning the Christians and they ran and they took their families into the into, out into the the, uh, the bush <laughs> what, I don't know what, yep. what you call it and um, and they stayed there for three or four days and they burnt their church down um, and then when they came back out, uh, when it was finally safe and everything had sort of calmed down uh, to their burnt burnt ch- church, the the Hindus then called the police on them and said that they had stirred them up to, to, to violence and blamed the Christians. And so the Christians then were put in jail. That the one guy, the pastor there, uh, was put in jail for twenty three days uh, for, and he had done nothing wrong, and. Then he he told us that he was suffering from uh, an illness and asking us to pray for him, and it was an illness that that's leading to death. But he had such a joy, and I was thinking, here's a guy who's been stoned, had to go into the you know the bush with his family, comes back, his whole church is built down, they're trying to rebuild. He's now got uh, this disease that's going to take his life, and he's. He's still got his hands up, he's praising the Lord, and he's got joy in the midst of all that persecution. And I could say that that only comes from the joy of the Lord that's very deep down because circumstances shouldn't dictate how we feel in Christ. You know, that word joy, sometimes you'll hear people deliver messages in church life about the joy of the Lord and uh, doesn't always apply to those feel-good moments. Uh, the joy of the Lord can be present even when things are very bad. That's and, right. uh, and so there is a certain sense 
that natural high. You could mm. say here, joy is yes. the natural high, yes. whether you are going through good times or bad. Mm. And uh, just as you're sharing the story out of India, there's that other story, of course, uh, Graham Staines, uh, yes. who so many people will remember as a martyr uh, for faith in Christ. He was un- it was attacked by a mob and uh, set on uh, and and uh, was killed uh, yes. in India. That's right. And I his two children. His two children. Mm. And I remember talking to his widow, Gladys, uh, Gladys mm-hmm. and uh, she was able to articulate that in the forgiveness mm. that she was able to have towards the persecutors who'd taken the lives of her husband and her sons, mm. that she was able to feel uh, that sense of the presence of the Lord and be free from mm. the burden of anger and anxiety that could come along with that. So mm. there's a certain sense there that uh, forgiveness, another word we might be able to unpack a little bit. Absolutely. Gladys is a remarkable lady and to be able to forgive someone who's murdered your husband and children is just a, is a remarkable thing and and that's the only reason she, she's not bitter and twisted right now. She has joy in the Lord. Uh, and it's, you know, for, for many people listening to that, they may go, oh, how can you possibly do that? But it's only through Christ that you can do that. And forgiveness is key. This is 2020 with Neil Johnson, helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Wonderful to have you with us. Tuesday edition 2020. Talk back line open 1-800-316-316. You can also respond to today's 2020 Facebook question asking, do you think there are elements in your Christian experience that produce a natural high? Stu, let's take some calls. Bernadette is on the line from South Australia. Hello, hi. Bernadette. Welcome. Hi, Hi, Neil. God bless you. Look, yes, I, I'd like to respond to that question. I would say I do. Um, I just enjoy sharing the gospel. I've I've been really inspired listening to the Christian radio, with particularly with Greg Laurie, because I've got a heart to evangelism. So that's he's really encouraging me. So I've I've bought these tracks from Kurong, um, Billy Graham, Don't Be Left Behind, and Max Lucado, John three sixteen, and I've I've put tracks out. You know, like over the holiday period, I've just put them out. Um, and p- public places in phone boxes and toilets and things like that. And also I've been giving them out to people. I've said, Lord, you give me the words to speak. Give me your love for these people. Remove spiritual blindness and deafness and and the hardness in their heart. And you give me the words. And I'm getting incredible opportunities to share now, Jesus and people are just open. And I just, it's exciting. What's Bernadette, out there. Yeah. there's a certain good feeling you get when you do share your faith. And uh, I can hear that's already in you. But uh, let me just yeah. ask a little sideline question here. Even when you put yep. a tract out for someone to find, do you feel good mm-hmm. about doing that too? I do, I do. But I have to tell you two things that really excited me the other day. I've been at the, my dentist, my doctor, and I had a chance to, they were both from India, and I said, look, I understand what's happening in India. Would you be okay if I prayed with you, for your families? And, and they were both happy, so I prayed for them, their families. Wonderful, and, right. and told them that people in Australia are praying for India as well. And... And I was able to give them a tract and they were just so touched. My doctor hugged me and said, thank you. And then I also had, I was doing an electricity account and the lady was from India and I said, can I pray for you? And, and she said, yes. And she was so touched. So I just do things like that. Or sometimes I'm ringing up the bank for something and I'll just share G's with someone I'm talking to at the bank. And I'm just getting 
Simon the opportunity. I'm just excited by what God's doing. Well, glory to him. <laughs> Bernadette, you feel yeah. good about doing those things. Stu, this is part of what motivates people. Absolutely. And I'm excited, Bernadette, from, for, from what I'm hearing from you. I just hear a passion for sharing Jesus from you. And I think that's, uh, I just sort of think of, 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 unfortunately, many Christians who aren't sharing their faith are missing out on the joy that you're experiencing right now. And that joy of, of uh, whether it's giving someone a tract or praying for someone or sharing a full gospel message with someone, there's an enjo- a joy that comes from that and a life that comes from that that you don't experience if, if you're not a part of that. Stu, let so. me ask you, while we've got Bernadette here, because Bernadette is sharing these things that she does, mm. is there a certain sense that this joy or this natural high we're talking about actually comes because of uh, an understanding that we're being obedient to God? Is obedience yeah. in there? Is that, is that one of the things that brings the joy? Absolutely. I, th- I think uh, we, when we aren't being obedient, we feel guilty. <laughs> When we are being obedient, we feel joyful, um, and there's definitely that that feeling. It is definitely connected with obedience. Bernadette, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line open on one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Let's take another call. Diane is on the line from Melbourne. Hello, Diane. Welcome. Oh, hello, Neil. How lovely. What a beautiful testimony that Bernadette just had. I, I agree. I just feel too, and it's just wonderful. And the reason I'm ringing, I just came back from the street, and uh, I was talking to a chap with the Salvation Army, and uh, as I talked to him, his name's Neil too, and he was saying that his operation, he's had cancer, and they'd botched it up. And I said, I started to say to him, as I've spoken once before, and I said, well, there's nothing the Lord did not know before this happened. And all, what we have to do is seek God now and look for him in everything. And it was wonderful that I spent that little time with him talking about the Lord. And, and it is true, and as you said, in obedience. And I mentioned that to him. And I said, sometimes we're, we're given this opportunity to come to people, and if we aren't obedient, uh, there is a, a part of saying, I wish I'd had, and we must be mm-hmm. obedient to to the leading of the Lord, and he knows uh, and gives you the words to say. It's not of us. And as I finished talking to him, and I said, you know, there's a blessing for both of us here. I'm blessed by sharing God's word for encouraging you and for just um, bringing, uh, enlightening you that, you know, in the midst of all all our heartaches, we are told to uh, call on the Lord and we are blessed by it. And there is a wonderful joy in sharing God's word. And, and you, you sort of go away thinking, thank you, Lord, let it all you be glorified in this, not myself. Nothing's of me. It's all of the Lord. Diane, so, wonderful hearing that testimony. Stu, your thoughts mm. for Diane? Absolutely. Good on you, Diane. It's it's just such a privilege, isn't it, to uh, be God's child and to be able to share his word with other people, to be able to have an impact on other people's lives because God's word does have an impact on others' lives. I mean, we know that uh, Romans one sixteen says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it's the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. And, and that's such an encouraging thing for us that we can share this divine message with other people and it can impact people's lives for all of eternity. Uh, obviously, it's God doing it. It's not us, and it's his powerful message. But the fact that he uses us in the process, part of his rescue plan, is such an exciting thing. So God bless you, Diane. 
Diane, thank you so much for your call. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation. We're talking about a natural high that is part of a number of elements of our Christian faith and uh, with a specific focus, I suppose, because we're talking about Go Month, Global Outreach Day Month in the month of May, sharing your faith and the sort of natural high that comes there. But it can come in all sorts of different dimensions, as we've been hearing. Let's take another call, Stu. D is on the line from WA. Hello, D. Hi, good morning, everyone there. And first of all, I just want to thank God for you and God bless you for all the wonderful, amazing, magnificent message of our Lord Jesus Christ you're sharing to us all the time. <laughs> well, thank you, D. I can, I can never, like, I always hungered and thirsted to always hear from you guys, especially the preaching, the word of encouragement. God bless you for that. And I thank God for the opportunity today. Okay. So, Dee, just um, give us your, your insights here. When you go through, you know, this journey of your Christian walk, uh, whether you're oh. praying for someone, whether you're going to church, uh, you have your own worship yeah. experience in your own uh, yeah. church context, uh, what sort of feeling do you get uh, when you are just uh, on your regular day-to-day journey? The most amazing feeling ever especially when I'm going through uh, divorce and separation as well, because I got divorced first, and second, I got separated, my second partner as well. It wasn't easy, but then later on, before I got to understand that it was the, the law way of calling me to himself. And now, my Christian life, I see it as most amazing, even though I'm going through a lot, but I find it loving to share the gospel to others. Is it a little bit like, D, the escape yeah. you find? Some people talk about Christianity as being an escape, and let's not deny the likely possibility that that is the case for people who have particularly gone through uh, you know, things that just tear your life to pieces, uh, like a divorce or things like that. But, D, this idea of an escape, is, is it a little bit like that for you? Yeah, um, to me, I don't see it as escaping. It's just something that... Um, it's calling attention because according to, um, if you read in the book of Paul, all his story then, especially when he was being called by Christ, but he persecuting the Christian, thinking that he was doing it for God. And at the end of it all, when he got in contact with Jesus himself, that he was saying it was not real. That's what happened in my case. Okay. Thought two from Stu? Yeah, I, I think, again, this sort of illustrates that, you know, regardless of our circumstances and what's going on because we can't always control our circumstances and sometimes um, things go well for us and sometimes things do not go well for us but there is a joy in Christ that remains regardless of our circumstances and I think you know sometimes we look too much at circumstances and think you know try to apply blame um, I've had people, you know, say to me, you know, when my life's going really well, they go, "Oh, well, you're obviously not on the front lines of, you know, attacking the devil, are you? You know, if everything's going well from you, if, if you were really out on the front <laughs> lines, you, things would be going bad. And then when things are going bad in my life, they, you know, I've had people say, "Oh, I don't know whether the blessing of the Lord's on you. Is there sin in your life? You know, that's thing. <laughs> you, you can, you can, you but win. you can't <laughs> win. You know, so it could be the opposite. You know, when things are going well, you could say, "I'm living in the blessing of God," and when things are going bad, you could say, "Hey, I'm being persecuted." I'm on the front lines doing something for God. I guess for me, at the end of the day, I think it's not the circumstances that determine that. We know that God's faithful. He's sovereign. Uh, he works in all. 
uh, whether things are going well or good, and and Paul writes about this, whether and you know whether he had plenty or or lack, whether things were going well or not, his grace is sufficient for me, and there's a a joy that comes from walking in the grace that is sufficient for us. D, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line remains open on one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. You can join in our conversation. You might have your own experience of the natural high that comes through the Christian. Experience and let's come back to this idea of sharing your faith with someone. And mm. as you mentioned, uh, we've both got stories like that. When you've shared your faith with mm. someone, the feeling you have, and yes. it, maybe it's because, as one of our uh, callers said, uh, you know, this sort of idea of being obedient to God mm. actually makes us feel good. And so when we share our faith with someone, uh, there's a certain sense in which a natural high comes because you're being obedient to God. Mm. And it is Go Month, Global Outreach Month, the month of May. Uh, give us a, not far out from the news, Stu, uh, Global Outreach Month. Mm-hmm. What are you know, listeners listening to us today, what should they be thinking about for, mo- for the month of May? Okay, so for those who don't know about Go Movement and Go Month and Go Day, uh, the month of May each year is Go Month. The last Saturday in May is Go Day, and we're going to have a talk about that later in the, in the show today. But uh, it's a focus on reaching those around you with the gospel. So even if you were to reach, uh, there's a there's a Go Five, so try to reach five people in the month of May. And imagine if every Christian reached five people with the gospel. It would be amazing. You know, Imagine the fruit from that. Now, last year, Neil, 54 million people were involved in Go Month, wow. which is amazing. Yep. Over 300, 000, uh, 300 million sorry, people were reached with the gospel. Uh, we are w- praying for one billion this year to be reached with the gospel. So we're really, there's so many more organizations that have come on board and uh, are part of Go Month. And you can be too, if you're listening. You can be a part of Go Month. You can be a part of the, the tens of millions of Christians around the world reaching out this month to share Jesus with others. So uh, there's all sorts of ways you can do it. You can go to gomovement.world. And there's a whole lot of ideas. We're going to be talking about some more ideas and also some training opportunities for you if you feel, how do I start the conversation? What do I say? How do I communicate the gospel? We're going to give you some good ideas later on the show after the news. And Stu, just before we move on here, there are some ways that people can practically participate because sometimes you can hear a conversation like this and think, oh, how do I get involved in that? You know, that's not happening in my town. That must be happening in the big cities. Mm. Can anybody participate here? Absolutely. Anyone can be a part of this. This is a this is a movement. It's not an organization that you're, you're, you're supporting. It's being a part of something that's happening all around the world. And anyone who participates is a part of that, which is awesome. There's a lot of different ways that you can do this. There's not just one way to share the gospel or one way to, to uh, communicate Christ. Many, many different ways to do this. And uh you know, we've, we've, I've got a training event coming up. We'll be talking about that later on the show. That that if you're wondering how do I start a conversation with someone, how do I, uh, you know, uh, connect, how do I share the gospel, what is the gospel I'm meant to be sharing, um, you can be a part of that training. Um, we're doing a seven week course. It starts this uh, Thursday, 
and you can learn a tool called the G7. Uh, many people, listeners would have heard of that before. We it's talk a, about app. it often, yes, yeah. an important element uh, for someone who lacks that little bit of confidence That's to right. be able to then share their faith with others. Yeah, they can just open, their up, phone. open up their phone and open up the G7 app and show someone the gospel message. It's very, very easy. Read and tap, baby, I keep saying. Read and tap. Now, uh, what's uh, this element of Go Day or yes. Go Month uh, called Gather and Go? How does, yes. how does that work? Uh, just give us an explanation here. Well, again, anyone can be a part of this. Now, we've, uh, we're Go, Go Movement is, is running this in conjunction with Gather and Go, and Gather and Go is, a, is basically a, a website you can go to. It's theharvest.org.au, and you'll find at that website two big buttons. One is run a group and one is join a group, and you can be a part on Go Day, which is the 29th of May, last Saturday of the month. Uh, every year is Go Day. And you can, uh, if let's say you want to join a group, you can tap on that button and then it opens up a map and you put your address in or you can just zoom in, you know, uh, scroll in and find the groups around your area uh, that are already established that are going to be going out on Go Day to share the gospel. And you can write to the coordinator there. It's got a, a contact details and you can say, hey, can I be a part of your group? Now, you might want to pray. You might want to uh, just be a support person. You might have the confidence to share the gospel, whatever. But be a part of it. Be, don't don't leave it for someone else. Be a part of it. Now, you may be confident enough to run your own group, Neil. And if you do, instead of tapping on uh, the join a group, you can tap on run a group and you can actually set up your own group. Uh, there's a number of questions you, you, you put there and you can become a coordinator yourself and other people can join your group and you can together, you can pray together, you can worship together, you can go out and share the gospel uh, in a particular area. And it's all very well hearing about global movements, Mm. but when you can localise that into your very own community, then uh, when you hear all these amazing stories that do filter through about things that have happened around the world, you've even got an opportunity to contribute back, no doubt, the stories that are happening in your community. So so joining with the movement, uh, as you say, it's not about uh, getting on with someone else's denomination. It's about being part of something that God is doing throughout the world. And May is the month which is the focus for that. Mm. Hey, let's come back to this idea of a natural high and our Christianity. Uh, There is a question on our Facebook page. You can respond to it asking, do you think there are elements in your Christian experience that produce a natural high? Mandy B. uh, responded to that. Mandy says, absolutely, I have found that when we're obedient to the Holy Spirit, it's the biggest and best buzz ever. Before coming to Christ, I did do drugs. But now, when the Holy Spirit prompts me to do random stuff, it's really exhilarating, way better than any drug I've ever tried. Stepping out into the unknown and trusting God is a supernatural high. What an amazing testimony she has. Wow, I like those words, the biggest and the best buzz ever. (laughs) The alliteration is awesome. (laughs) But it's very true, isn't it? Following God is a bigger buzz than uh, much better joy that we have than uh, than taking drugs or any of these other things. You know, you you follow your favorite sports team may win the World Cup or, or a significant sporting event, but it's it's not too long before that buzz goes, isn't it? You know, it's exciting at the time. We have a great night, but then you sort of it just wears off. But following God, 
never wears off. Now, let me just bring in here something that brings some level of balance because mm. there's criticism of people who think that it's all about feelings yes. and not about truth. Now, let's bring a balance in here, Stu, because it's very easy to go off on a tangent if mm. you're only led by feelings. Mm. What we need to have is a foundation of truth, and, of course, that comes back to those scriptural understandings. And if you want to make sure that you're having a legitimate high experience in that natural high, you have to have that founded on something, don't you? Absolutely. I mean, it's got to be founded on the Word of God. And ultimately, obedience to God is regardless of feelings. I mean, when people come to Christ, some people experience an amazing peace or amazing, you know, presence of God and that they physically experience, uh, uh, you know, have that, that experience. And other people experience nothing physically. They, just by faith, surrender to Christ. And it's not about your feeling, whether you feel something or not feel it something. The important thing is, by faith, we have surrendered to Christ. And so, you know, everyone's different. Everyone experiences things differently. And so the most important thing is, are we doing what God is wanting us to do? Are we living in obedience to his word and following him? Interesting little balance in here too because sometimes people can feel like when you're talking about feelings Mm. uh, that you must be talking about a Pentecostal experience Mm. uh, because Pentecostals have a tendency to be having this image that there's a feelings orientation because those images you have of people with their eyes closed and their hands raised, abandoned and you know sort of absorbed Mm. into the awesomeness of God in their worship experience. Mm. But there is a balance to that from the Mm. tradition Traditional church, that is, and for those who've grown up as uh, Anglicans or Catholics and your experience Mm -hmm. hasn't been that Pentecostal style, you are, in fact, uh, oftentimes exposed to those things that happen within the liturgy of the traditional church. And whether it's uh, the smell of incense or, you know, the bells and, you know, people Mm. talk about sometimes the traditional church bells and smells. Mm. Uh, I mean, those sorts of things that are created in the way that the choir sings, in the setting that you have with stained glass windows, and uh, you know, if you're in this sort of older style traditional church, in that also is this experiential factor. Mm, absolutely, and uh, even just in silence, you know, there's periods of silence in traditional churches where you just meditate on God, and and people can be moved to tears through any experience of church life, whether it's sitting in silence or or uh, singing a hymn or worshipping, you know, with a full band and, and uh, you know, in a Pentecostal church, where, wherever you are, wherever you can connect with God. Uh, I find it very interesting, actually, because I've uh, we've trained people from over 100 different denominations, Neil, and, and I travel around church to church, and I go from non-charismatic churches to hyper-Pentecostal churches. I don't care where I go as long as I can communicate the gospel and I can train people how to share the gospel. But it's fascinating. Fascinating for me to see the 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 amount of variety there is within the Christian Church, and and there are. I am concerned that, that some of some of the Pentecostal um, uh, people who, who put too much faith in feelings, and they're almost following the feelings and the buzz rather than the Word of God. But then on the opposite side, you know, there's there's some that are almost anti-feelings and like oh we don't want any of that emotion that's all hype we want just you know it's just about the word of God and they almost deny the experience uh, that God has given us We've, he's given us emotions that we can and I think there's a real balance there Neil uh, that, that can be found and and living your life uh, foundation on the word of God but also experiencing everything that God has for you. 
There is that firm foundation. Let me pick up too. You mentioned the idea of tears. Mm. And when we talk about a natural high, Mm. often our mind goes to the idea that somehow or other that has to be a happy, clappy type of experience. Well, well, of course, tears, this is an interesting one insofar as if you can imagine that brokenness Mm. that we will often feel when we see ourselves reflected in the truth of who we are as sinful humanity Mm. in relation to this wonderful, transcendent, awesome Mm. God. Mm. Uh, The idea of tears, you can have tears of lament, uh, tears of joy, but the idea that you might be in this emotional experience in Mm. the presence of God Uh, Some people will say it's like releasing the poisons or the toxins of my life and Mm. abandoning those and receiving in place of that God's wonderful forgiveness. Uh, This is an experience in itself which is a powerful, and Mm. we can probably classify that under this idea of a natural high, Stu. I would say so, yeah. When when you're so moved, you're moved to tears, uh, that's an amazing experience. And whether you're... You know, and sort of a joyful sort of expression, or you move to tears. That still can be tears of joy. That can still be a real connection with God. Um, I find it interesting. You know, a, a lot of people, if you were to ask Christians where they experience, if they were to have an experience with God, where would that be? And they would say it's in worship, when they're coming into the presence of God, and so they they feel a tangible presence of God when they worship God, whether it be in a Pentecostal church or in a traditional church. It doesn't matter, whatever your experience is. But I I find an interesting one, Neil, is that when you go out and share the gospel with people, I feel similar to what I do when I'm worshiping God. I feel that, uh, you know, like God's with me. (laughs) He's pleased that I'm being obedient to what what he's asking me to do. And there's a joy that I've communicated Jesus because the hero of the gospel is Jesus. He's the one who came and died. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Uh, Romans 5, 8, my favorite scripture, God demonstrates his love for us, that while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. So he's the hero. He should have wiped us out. He should have said, oh, goodness, you guys, you just you stuffed it. But he didn't. He loved us. He came to earth. He died on the cross. He paid the punishment for you and I and rose from the dead victorious to, to, to declare that he is God and that we can have an ongoing relationship with him, both here on earth and forever in heaven, through eternal life that he's offering us. This is an amazing message. And at the, the center of it is Jesus and his death and his resurrection. And he's the one that gets glorified. So I feel like a, I've come back from, from worshiping God when I go out evangelizing. The tangible presence presence of seeing God at work yes. and uh, when you respond in obedience mm. as you say and mm. uh, and Stu you love to lead people to Christ mm. uh, on the streets or in the coffee shop you're just a natural born evangelist I'm not sure whether uh, that, that all goes together but this is a part of who you are and the way sure. God has wired you when you see someone who is receptive to the gospel and even going that extra step and making a decision to follow Christ and may may not be on that first encounter, but it may sure. be a number of encounters. Mm. But when you're, uh, you can talk about our own personal experience, but mm. you can observe what's yes. happening with this experience that people have as they are receiving the gospel. Mm, absolutely, and and it brings you great joy to know someone's. Uh, surrendered to Christ, their holy eternal destiny <laughs> is now so much more positive, you know. Uh, but not only in eternity, but in this life now, that that God can move in their lives 
can uh, direct their lives. They can do incredible things for God while here on earth. You, you've 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 thrown a pebble into the into the the water, and the ripple effects is you just don't know where it's going to go. And it's just exciting to be. It's not you, obviously. It's God, the one that's that's converting people. And uh, we can never we can never convert anyone. I've tried, Neil. Talk to a blue in the face and argued with people for hours. It, just, yeah. it doesn't get you anywhere. It's own. It's a sovereign work of God saving people. But when that happens and you have the privilege of being a part of it, what joy that is! And I just sort of think, Neil, too. I mean, a Campus Crusade for Christ statistics say only two percent of Christians in the West regularly share their faith, and I just think that's a tragedy because the ninety-eight percent that aren't regularly sharing their faith are missing out on so much. Uh, you know, I mean, the joy that we've shared today and the listeners that have called in, uh, be a part of it. If, if you're someone who doesn't regularly share their faith, I'd encourage you to go to that website, theharvest.org.au. Uh, join a team. Just be a part of it. Go along, even if it's just for prayer support, if you don't have a lot of, lot of confidence. But uh, if you don't know how to share the gospel, there's opportunities for you as well. Now, here's something that takes things a little bit deeper here, Stu. Yep. Uh, sometimes, and interesting when you use that statistic there, it comes yes. from Campus Crusade for Christ, like yes. the biggest mission organization in the mm-hmm. world uh, dealing with uh, the gospel on university campuses all yeah. over the world, a huge organization. When they have statistics that say 2% regularly share their faith, mm. 98% are not. And mm. it says to me something mm. a little bit deeper. Mm that there seems to be an overriding sense within Christian communities that our faith is like an intellectual exercise mm. uh, based on understanding and, uh, when we're talking truth, uh, based on something that is a little bit black and white, the Word of God, uh, but then without that experiential factor that affirms that truth mm. that we understand. Uh, intellectualizing the gospel, that's a big mistake. As you say, you've spent hours uh, arguing with people. <laughs> that, that, arguing with people turns it into an intellectual exercise, doesn't it? It does. It does. And it's a divine message. And, and we've just got to trust in the power of the gospel. It's a simple message, but it, it, it's a divine seed that's planted in someone's heart. And and I would say, you know, if you're listening and you say, hey, look, I've tried sharing the gospel, but people didn't give their lives to Christ. Remember, it's not about someone responding and giving their lives to Christ. It's about you being obedient to God by sharing the gospel. And when you plant that divine seed, you don't know how long it's going to take to grow. Um, when I plant a seed, I don't expect to harvest straight away, but sometimes it is a harvest and it's wonderful. You lead someone to Christ. But most of the time in Australia, I find that it, that seed takes time to grow and you've been a part of plowing it. But there's a principle in Galatians. What you sow, you will also reap. If we want to reap a harvest here in Australia, we've got to plant the seeds. So be encouraged. If you've discouraged and you're saying, oh, I've never led anyone to Christ, just keep planting seeds and uh, know that you've been a part. You know, one sows, another reaps. We're all a part of the harvest. And it's not about a conversation like this, Stu, uh, mm. making everybody think that they should become some sort of a full-time evangelist. Mm. Uh, but we're all full-time witnesses, yes. no matter what context we find ourselves in. When That's we're right. uh, at work uh, as a tradesman on the job, or Absolutely. if you're working in an office, if mm. you're working on a factory line, mm. uh, you're a full-time witness for Christ, That's if right. not a full-time evangelist. Hey, there's been some responses. Let me just say, Suze has replied to our Facebook question today. The question asks, do you think there are elements in your Christian experience that produce a natural high? Well, Suze says, 
Every time a prayer is answered, I am overjoyed that my Lord hears my call to him. Every time I'm in worship with others and there is the power of voices in unison bringing Jesus praise, I am in joy. When I share just a little bit of salt into the life of another person and they take a nibble of that salt, I am in joy. When friends come to Jesus, I celebrate with the heavens. He Mm. is even in the lows. I celebrate his comfort. Yes. (sighs) Wow, that's amazing, isn't it? What a great response. And actually, just something that she's just said there has, has reminded me of when one soul is saved, what happens in heaven? Rejoicing in heaven. That's yes. right. And so those who are sort of a bit scared of the whole feelings thing and a bit weary of, oh, we don't want to, you know, there's rejoicing in heaven. It's a God-given thing to rejoice. You know, sometimes people have concern about the idea that there is a spiritual battle to be fought. Mm. And uh, there are those who believe that the battle is fought in the prayer room. Mm. And uh, and that is certainly the case. But the battle overflows Mm. uh, onto the lifestyles of the believers as we share our lives and we share our faith with others. There is a sense here, Stu, and it's not without risk uh, sharing your faith. Absolutely. But... Uh, this idea of going in the joy of the Lord. I mean, the, mm. the 72 that Jesus sent out, and they came back rejoicing mm. because they'd been sent out by Jesus and found out all sorts of things, uh, you know, almost filled with their own pride and little, and little sense yes. there. There's obviously a maturing in all of this, but yes. if you don't have a go, you're not going to have that experience of what God does when you're obedient to him. Yeah, I actually thought of that example just before, and that's that's a great example when they went out and they came back with joy. Uh, and, uh, you know, what, what a great response. And I think that is the response that we have. It's hard going out. It's not easy going to people with the gospel. And, and I've been full-time as an evangelist for 27 years, and I still struggle <laughs> with that initial approach. But uh, it's but once you are talking with people and once you share the gospel, that's when the joy comes. And I, I, I've thought about this for a while, Neil, and I sort of think, well, why does it remain hard? Most things you do, if you repeatedly do it, 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 it you know, becomes easier. Uh, and, and it definitely is easier if you have confidence and if you have good tools to share the gospel. You know what you're doing. You know what you need to say. Uh, but there's still that little part of you that goes, how are they going to respond? And I think if it was just, if we didn't have that, Neil, I think we as Christians would just be doing this all the time because of the buzz, because of the joy that it brings rather than out of obedience to God. So it's almost like God withholds that back so we can actually step out in obedience and it's only when we step out then the joy comes. So some anecdotal evidence today in our conversation and as we've been listening to callers call in and responding Mm. on our Facebook question today that there is a wonderful buzz, a Mm. natural high. And I do note that as I was doing some research, there's not a lot of, uh, that I could uh, see, uh, actual research into this idea of what you feel when you're going through the motions of your Christian walk. So uh, for people who are listening and uh, thinking about studying higher degrees and uh, doing some (laughs) research and things like that, hey, there's a topic for you to get into about uh, what happens when people are pursuing the regular routine of their Christian walk. It is Go Month, Global Outreach. Outreach Month. We're already into May. Shake yes. yourself. Yes, May is here. And yep. through the month of May, people around the world, and, and pe- people will be thinking, Stu, 
hundreds of millions. Isn't he exaggerating when he says that? But that's not an exaggeration. Not an exaggeration. This is a movement mm. where there are hundreds of millions who are making May their focus to mm. be able to share faith with others. And this is a wonderful opportunity for extension of the kingdom of God. And Amen. that can extend into communities where listeners are listening today. Mm. Uh, Stu, we mentioned the G7 app. Yes. Uh, you also mentioned another website, uh, which was an important one to mention, and uh, that's the harvest.org.au website where people can connect mm-hmm. with Gather and Go. Uh, there's some other websites too, and some might be thinking, uh, what's the one I can find out more detail about Global Outreach Month? Which one would we go to for that? Uh, that would be gomovement.world. Go yeah. movement dot world, and can, of course, uh, you did mention that you have a Zoom training mm. coming up this Thursday. So yes, this is starting just, in just two days, two days away. Thursday, the sixth of May, at one p.m. and seven thirty p.m. I imagine we're talking about Australian Eastern Standard Time for those correct. Zoom courses. And what are you going to be covering in that course? Very quickly. Uh, we're going to cover how to use the G7 app to communicate the gospel lovingly and clearly with people, how to create the opportunities to share the gospel. So by the end of this course, you will have, uh, you'll be able to, in, in a lot of different settings, you'll be able to just pull out your phone and say, hey, can I show you this? And be confident to share the gospel. But it's not just uh, learning how to share the gospel. We're learning the theology behind it. We're learning how to deal with difficult situations and people. Uh, we're dealing with uh, the keys to effective evangelism. We're going to cover a lot. We're going to. I'm going to show you a lot of live footage of, of me and others going out and using the G7. So you can see it with real people, nothing staged, all actual examples of how this works in real life. So it's an exciting course. Everyone who does it raves about it. Uh, if you want to be a part of that, you can email me, stew at traintoproclaim.com, or you can find uh, Train to Proclaim on Facebook, and it's got the event on there, and you can just click on there that you want to go, and I can send you more information about that. You need to get the Zoom link, of course, from me, so you will need to make contact either through Facebook, that's the easiest way, or email. Train to Proclaim on Facebook uh, to be part of that Zoom course this coming Thursday to get detail about the Go Movement, gomovement.world, and uh, to be a part of that idea of uh, of being uh, uh, in the uh, the Gather and Go uh, segment, harvest.org.au. Okay. Stu Miller? The, the Harvest. The, sorry, theharvest.org.au. Yeah. Stu Miller, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for the update today on 2020. Thanks, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 